Well, hey guys, Daniel Tardy and the Entree Leadership Team here at Ramsey Solutions. I'm joined today by our Senior Executive Vice President of our Money Spoke. We'll talk about what that means in a minute, uh, but he's also a good buddy. His name is Herb Jenkins. Herb, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Excited Welcome to be aboard. Here. Uh, Money Spoke, I don't know if anyone in the entire country has the title of SEVP of Money Spoke. That's kind of unique to Ramsey. Maybe unpack that for a second. Well, it was a condition of working here. I said, if I'm going to work here, I need to have a title nobody else has. And Money Spoke, here we are. So we can't score whether you're doing the job right or not yeah. based on other standards in this title. Solve yeah. the problem. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay, so Money Spoke. Um, you know, at Ramsey, uh, we're in a lot of areas of life. Uh, we help people a lot of different ways. And, of course, in the personal finance space, we do a lot of stuff there. In the business leadership space, obviously, we do a lot there. So we've kind of created our own, we call Wheel of Life, right? And there are six parts to that Wheel of Life, and those are, we call them spokes, you know, six spokes in the wheel. And uh, so really another way of saying it is I'm the executive vice president of a lot of our personal finance-related mm -hmm. products and services. Yeah. Herb does an incredible job of uh, pulling all the leaders in those areas together and collaborating and getting the projects that may not naturally occur inside one of those areas, but would take two or three of those areas to come together. Uh, he brings those areas together and kind of pushes the vision forward and gets those leaders to get behind it and uh, does incredible work. He's a really good friend and also one of the guys that I just constantly go to when I get stuck on a problem. Uh, when I think of Herb, I think like critical thinking and problem solving. And uh, Herb also is one of those guys that it doesn't matter how big the problem is, like when everyone else in the room, including, you know, someone as bold as Dave Ramsey is like, eh, I don't know. Herb's still the one like, why can't we figure this out? Let's just, we just hadn't thought about it long enough. And all we got to do is like put it on paper and start wrestling and, and we'll get there. Um, and, and I love that. I'm always inspired by that. Um, what we want to talk about, I guess a little bit today is it, it's something that has come up a lot since this disruption with the coronavirus and everything. And I've heard from our our community of entree leaders talking about, you know, in the midst of chaos and crisis, uh, obviously having our team in our corner is a big deal. But how do we delegate the right way? You know, how do we make sure that we're communicating enough, we're given the right amount of responsibility? And, you know, I don't know if it's different in peacetime or wartime. Delegation, obviously, there's a lot of principles that – uh, we teach in Entree Leadership about how to delegate well, um, but we're starting to get a lot of questions from business owners out there going, should I pull the rope back in? Like, is this the time to start micromanaging a little bit more? Or, hey, we don't really have a, we don't have a playbook for all this stuff that's happening right now. So, you know, I, I hadn't had the time to train my team on certain processes and that kind of thing. But when you think about delegation right now, what comes to your mind? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, when I think about delegation, well, for starters, I've led a bunch of different teams of a bunch of different sizes. I come from digital marketing, and here at Ramsey, when I was in that area, the team I led there was around 50 people. Um, I've got teams now, business units, lines of business that have anywhere from 9 to 25 people on them. So, you know, I've seen delegation in a lot of different forms and a lot of different uh, seasons of business and sizes of team. And really, you know, I, in this current season, for me, um, you know, people ask sometimes, should we be delegating more or less? You know, to me, it's really, um, this is really an opportunity to test the delegation that you have within your team. But, I, you know, for me, it, it's really about clarity and it's really about aligning with your team members. In this current season, you need to be more clear, not less clear. But 
I don't know. I even see this as a this season as an opportunity where, um, you know, maybe you should have been delegating to a team member already, but you've been holding on to something too long. And this is actually a great opportunity to start delegating to them like you already should have. Hmm. So, those are, I've, I've had some of those opportunities personally come up, uh, and I've been talking to some other business leaders about that as well. So, I think it's a great topic in this season to to really dig into and just you know really talk about like how do you do that the right way. Hmm. Because, you know, one of the things about leading all those teams is, you know, most of what I've learned, I've learned by experience and I've learned by doing it the wrong way. And, you know, if there's any advice or value I can give here, it's mostly coming from I've tried it a bunch of different ways and failed a bunch of different ways. And there's a few ways I've found that works, and we can talk about those. So when you think about delegation, I guess the idea is if you're doing it right, you get to kind of multiply yourself. Like you got people doing things the right way at the right time. You don't have to do those things yourself, so you get your time back. What what else is there that, like, when you think about the value of delegation, what comes to mind? You know, I always loved how how Henry Cloud said it. You know, he talked about the idea of, you know, there's this there's this seat that you have. You know, there's you talk about the seat on the bus, but there's this role you have on your team. Mm. And as a business leader, there's a role that you uniquely play as the business leader in that organization. But there are also seats that you have on your team that need to be filled by somebody. And when I think about delegation, I think about knowing what those seats are and knowing what each of them need to be doing mm-hmm. to make this whole group start, you know, work together the right way. And so you know, one of the challenges for us as leaders, especially you know, business leaders and business owners, is a lot of us you know, started businesses from scratch, grew them from nothing, did the stuff in the trenches that we're now asking other people to do. And the challenge is, how do I get that person who's now in a seat that I've created that I've said, I need them to be doing a role. How do I get that person to do it like I would have done it, right? Or like I need them to do it. And it's, it's really easy to say I need a role. It's really easy to identify a seat, but it's really hard to get somebody in that seat to actually do it the right way. And I feel like that's the hardest part about delegation that, you know, we can unpack here over the next few minutes. Yeah, you know, I found that in my own journey. I started out in sales, and the first time I went from being a salesperson, you know, I'd, I'd spent years mastering that craft and had gotten to be at the top of my game. But then when I became a sales leader, I found that there's an entirely different skill set. You know, it's like going from being the quarterback on the field to stepping off and being the coach with the headset and the clipboard. You you maybe know some more about football, and if you've been the quarterback, you've actually played that role, but uh, that can help a little bit. But there's all these other skill sets that come to play about leading a team, and it's it's no longer like you're on the field doing the thing anymore. That's right. And it— you know, it's that's true for most of us. You know, it's it's hard enough to become a great quarterback, and that you, you spend all that energy to get to there, and then to make that transition to where you are going from great doer mm. to great leader. That is one of the hardest transitions in leadership. But the great thing is, you can draw from those things that you did when you were a great doer as you're crafting the clarity and crafting the delegation for people who are now going to do it for you instead. Mm. And so, really, you know, it's when you look at delegation and you look at how great leaders delegate to their people. They create an environment where the people on their teams are both equipped and empowered to do the right stuff the right way. I mean, it's really simple. But where it goes wrong is where, like you said, the, you know, those, those leaders who've grown up to the ranks, um, we, I find that we often kind of ping pong between over-delegating, just letting go of the rope and saying, mm-hmm. go do it, and ping-ponging back over to 
you know, they're not doing it the right way. Let me jump in and get it back on track. And, you know, I know exactly how it should be done. So I'm just going to jump in and do it myself, uh-huh. get this thing fixed, and then I'll delegate it back to them. And there's this vicious cycle that kind of happens where you just go back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is to try to stay in that happy middle where they're both equipped and empowered and you're not ending up on either one of those extremes. How do you know? How how do you, like, if you're on one extreme or the other, what are the signs that you may be over-delegating or that you're, you know, I guess you call micromanaging or or smothering your team? That's a great question. So, you know, when push comes to shove um, or when something's off track, a great way to figure out if you're too much on the micromanaging side is are you jumping in yourself and taking over, taking the reins from that person doing the work yourself, getting it back on track, and then handing the reins back over. Like for, for me personally and for a lot of other leaders that I've worked with, that is a fairly regular occurrence. I mean, uh-huh. every, you know, every few weeks, few months, whenever, like, whenever it gets really intense, are you still able to you know, lean in with your team member and say you know, real, with an extreme amount of clarity, this is what I need you mm-hmm. to do? Or do you do it yourself? Yeah. It sounds like you're saying that those moments where instead of being the coach, you become the crutch. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Right. And as a sales leader, if you're jumping in and closing all the deals because, you know, you know exactly how to close them and, and, you know, like they, they do it a different way and I need to make sure it's done exactly this way. I mean, that's, that's an indicator of like, Hey, that's, you know, that's too hands on. But, you know, on the other hand, on the over-delegating side, if it's like, well, that's just their job, they're just going to go do it, I'm going to be over here doing my own thing, and I'm just going to assume that everything is going to go well. If you can't really tell what someone on your team is really responsible for and where they are with it, if you have no visibility, if you kind of know there's this thing over there that they're doing, but if you can't really break it down with clarity – uh, that's a sign that you're too far on the other spectrum. And usually what will happen is that works for when things go well, but then as, so- as soon as something goes sideways and you look over and you're like, what are they doing? You know, like, what do you mean they're doing? Like, if, if you have that kind of reaction, usually it's a good indicator of like, man, I have way over-delegated this yeah. thing. Yeah. So, but the good news is there is a happy middle ground where, I mean, all of us can relate to one of those two situations. And for me personally, like I said, I have gone through seasons where I've gone from one to the other, back mm-hmm. over to one. Yeah, you know, too. it's almost mm-hmm. like this ebb and flow thing that happens. When really, um, there is a happy middle that we can dial it in and just and make it so that uh, people don't ever feel like either one of those. Yeah. You know, and so I love it. Well, let's break this down. So this is really good. You said this is a season we need to be more clear, not less clear. You talked about making sure you know the role that you play and then the role that your team needs to play, so that you can be set up to delegate. Yeah. And you talk about this happy kind of sweet spot of being equipped and empowered where you're not over-delegating, you're not under-delegating. Practically, how do you get to that sweet spot? How do you, how do you make sure that you're kind of driving it at that, um, that empowered and equipped place for your team? Well, you know, it really is, okay, I can distill it down to three specific things where if you and your team member, regardless of whether they are a leader that's on your team or whether they're somebody in the trenches, you know, the, that salesperson, that maker, you know, whatever, whatever tactical role it is, or if you can align on these three things, then you can give them lots of other room, lots of other grace on the other parts of their role uh, instead. So let, let's kind of unpack those one by one. Okay. So three areas where you and, and your team member are highly, highly aligned. 
So the first one, and at first you're going to hear and you're going to be like, why, why? But then we're going to pack it and you're going to be like, oh, well, there may be some areas I need to work on. <laughs> so the first one is the role itself. Okay, so <clears throat> let me put it this way. You may say they're a salesperson, right? And we know what that, I mean, that's, that's the, but if I were to take you and take that team member mm-hmm. and like, you know, those like old school, like TV cop, shows where uh, there's two guys that, that committed this crime. They take them and they put them in separate interrogation rooms and one's just sitting there getting iced while the other one is, is getting interrogated and they come back in, they talk to the other one. Imagine that kind of situation. If I were to, if I were to be the interrogator there and ask you, okay, what is that salesperson's role? Like, Give me the three to five things that, they, that is most critical that they do with excellence. You know? And if they do those things well, that is killing it as a salesperson. If you, were to, if you were to outline those three to five things, one, how easily and how clearly can you do them? And two, how aligned are you with that salesperson? If I were to then go in that other interrogation room and ask them that same question, would I get the same answer? How similar is it? You know, is it 20% the same? Mm. I mean, it's usually not 0% the same. I mean, usually there's some overlap there. Is it 70%? Is it 80%? Rarely is it 100% lockstep, just like we can say the same thing the same way without a whole lot of intentionality. Mm-hmm. You can get there, but it's, it takes a lot of intentionality. But if you can get that kind of clarity and alignment with your team member, that sets them up to win right off the bat in a way that most people are never set up to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if your leader you know, had given you that kind of clarity to say, this is exactly what I expect of you, and you understood it so well that you could teach it back to them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I'm looking for. Is this like every hour of the day, these are the activities, these are the behaviors, this is, you know, all the little uh, functional things that you're doing, or is right. this more like these are the, these are the outcomes? Like what, right. what level of granularity are we kind of talking yeah, about? That's a great question. It's not every little X and O. That's like tactical stuff. I'm talking about, okay, so let's take a marketing director. Um, I have a, a, a line of business I lead at Ramsey right now, and we have a marketing director on that team, and she's awesome. And we went through this process when she was coming onto the team. So if you were to ask me, and, it, and, and she and I talked about the, the interrogation rooms, and, and, and I actually kind of wish we could do it as an aside just to see how close we are. <laughs> That'd be fun. It's at least 95% if it's not 100. Okay, so the kind of role clarity I'm talking about is – what, is her, what, are, what are her main responsibilities as a marketing director? Well, A1 is she's responsible for lead volume within the organization, managing leads, managing our you know, awareness activities all the way down to conversion rate. Leads, that is your thing, right? And there's also things like branding and positioning, right? There's things like leading the marketing team. Right? These, are, these are buckets of work. These are like the main broad strokes within the role. That I'm, but I need to say out loud, hey, leads, that's on you. I'm not managing leads. You're managing leads. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and to have that kind of clarity on um, even though we may work together on this stuff, I'm ultimately looking to you to say I'm the empowered champion that's driving mm-hmm. that forward. Like that's the kind of clarity I'm looking for. Now down in the X's and O's of, of a marketing plan on exactly what we're going to do to hit those leads, I give a lot more latitude. But I need, I need her to hear, you know, branding, positioning, leads, leading the marketing team. This is what you are responsible for. And if you do those things with excellence, that is what a marketing director does. I love it. 
So you mentioned role clarity is the first thing. It sounds like essentially that's it's a lot more than just a title. I mean, you're yeah. really getting a, a page worth of things written out so that if you're ever in that interrogation room, <laughs> you can you can win the prize. That's of how we do it here. <laughs> better than ninety five percent. But man, that that creates so much great alignment. I love that. Um, so you got role clarity, and then what's the second thing? So it plays off of the 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 role, and and you mentioned it earlier. It really is call it. Outcomes, call it key results. Um, those are terms. Let me let me put it in a, a different way. What is okay? So how do I know if I'm winning in that role? Let's take that same marketing director. So I'm responsible for leads. Great. If I ha- if I drive five percent growth year over year, is that winning? Ten percent growth, mm-hmm. five thousand leads on this service, two thousand on that service. I need to with extreme clarity unpack. It's really about as the, as the business leader what I expect, yeah. right? Now, like the way that conversation goes with uh, the marketing director on my team, it's, okay, to hit budget, these are the leads w- that we need to hit, right? And this is what I expect in this service that we're hitting 5,000 leads a month. Can I say, first of all, it's a, part of this is just a check on me. Can, mm-hmm. I, can I communicate that, right? Can yeah. I say that cleanly, 5,000 leads a month? If, if not, if it's like, hey, we need to just be driving more leads, mm-hmm. You know, you, you bring enough. up a great point because, I mean, oftentimes I just know, okay, I've got pain in that area. I need growth. Make it grow, you know, and I leave and I abandon somebody and they have no idea quantitatively what I actually meant. Not because not only did I not communicate it, but I didn't even know. Like right. I didn't even sit down and figure out what needs to be happening here. That's right. So when I can be clear, when I can be that clear and, you know, they can really internalize it. Always leave room with people to say, like, now, I believe that's feasible. I think we can pull that off. Do you believe that's yeah. feasible? So too? it's a dialogue. You're working it's on a, it together. There's a commitment yeah. involved there. But I'm just talking about clarity and alignment here. And so, you know, when it comes to the outcomes, the key results, if, if my marketing director knows with extreme clarity the role I'm asking her to do and the outcomes and the results and what winning looks like, and, you know, to that level of detail, we are more than halfway there on making sure that I can then delegate to her the right way where she's equipped and empowered to run. But the last area, and this is the one, those other two are pretty straightforward. I can create a bullet list for roles. I can create a bullet list on outcomes. This next part, this one's squishier. There's a little bit more. um, This is the part that I've seen leaders miss more than the other two. So this is in the approach, the approach you take to the role, right? So Think about it like this. So I came, like I said, I came up through digital marketing. I've been a marketing director before. I have the benefit of sitting in that seat and doing that role, and I know what doing it with excellence mm-hmm. looks like. So the approach I took when I did it, right? So aside from the role and the outcomes, think about it like this. How much of a command should I have on those numbers, right? Like should I know, I mean, I could tell you, I could tell you this right now, you know, revenue, Month to date, on the way to expect, expected budget this month, I keep a as a business leader, I keep a daily on top of it. You know, I can rattle that off at any given time, and I expect my marketing director to be able to do the same with the marketing mm-hmm. results, mm-hmm. right? So think about that level of intense focus, command, knowledge, whatever you want to call it, of the results themselves. I need you to be that on top of it. When it comes to the messaging and the positioning. Like this has to be something where it feels like a human-to-human conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I need you to, to understand our customers so deeply that you feel like we're having a conversation with them, whether it's a, you know, a, 
uh, a landing page or whether it's an email campaign, I need you to have that deep of an understanding of the mm-hmm. customer so that it can the messaging can resonate that much. Um, when it comes to leading the team, I need you to not just understand their roles and their clarity, but I need you to understand them as people. Mm-hmm. I need you to build a personal relationship with them. The approach you take to doing the role, this is the part where you can really draw from your own experience mm-hmm. as a leader and say, this is what I expect of you in how you do it. Yeah. And most like this part is where when I've gotten really frustrated in a team member, like not doing it the right way, uh, it's not usually because I've got a salesperson who's trying to act like a creative. Mm. You know, it's not like they're trying to do a different mm-hmm. role. And I mean, sometimes on the sales, you know, not making enough calls, not closing enough business. But usually it's in the approach. Mm. They're not approaching the conversations the right way. They're not approaching uh, how they're serving the customer yeah. the right way. It's in that that I find the most often the delegation problems really happen. The frustration starts building and, and you're just like, oh, why aren't they doing it the yeah, right way? Yeah. You know, like it's in that area more than any. But it, it's rare to say like this is exactly what I expect and how you approach it. So what it, like with the approach, I, I think I'm tracking. But I also know that like I've got a different personality style than leaders who report to me. Yep. And so there's times I even second guess in my own mind like, okay, are they getting there differently than I would because they have a different style or they have different uh, strengths, or is it like no? This is the way they should be doing that because it's the right way. How do you you know? How do you differentiate that? It's a great question. What you're not trying to do is create carbon copies of yourself, right? Because that's never going to happen. I mean, it'd be nice because then I'd have a whole bunch of people doing it exactly the way I'd be doing it. In your it. case, it would be. In my <laughs> case, we don't need a bunch more Daniel Tarries. Well, as many We're carbon not, copies as you need, I'll have of me, and it'll all work out. But no, I mean, you know, it really it's you've got to leave room for style. Right, you've got to leave room for people to to make it their own. But when I talk about you know having, it's one thing um, if I like to when it comes to like having a, a hands-on daily view of the numbers. I might like to keep an Excel sheet that I update every morning. They may prefer to have the, an analyst you know create a Tableau report and it just gets sent to them you know and they just okay. kind of check it. Like there's different styles you can use or you can – I mean there's there's more than one way you can do it when it comes to building personal relationships with your team members. Mm-hmm. There's more than one way you can build that rapport and we all are individuals here. So I'm not trying to say like, you know, it's go to dinner with them once a week and do these exact things, these exact ways. But what I do care about, it's more about having that kind of command of the performance of our area. However, you know, there's there's wiggle room there, but you've got to get to where you have that command of the numbers. You've yeah. got to have that hands-on knowledge. And so it's a it's more um it's less in the specifics and it gives a little bit of room for style like like we're saying, but still it gets the same net effect. Mm. It's really good. So our goal that you've given us is we're trying to find that sweet spot where we're not over-delegating, we're not under-delegating. And we're, we're getting people on our team to feel equipped and empowered. And you've given us three steps that really set that up to be possible. Make sure there's clarity on the role. Then make sure that you're aligned on the outcomes and key results. And then finally, make sure that they understand the approach you would take to pulling that off. So once all that's done and everything's set, then what? Well, you know, uh, the the thing with, with this kind of concept, right, it's – it's kind of one of those things where you kind of already know, or maybe you're saying, I already know most of that stuff. 
it's not – this isn't a, a lack of knowledge problem here, why, why we can't delegate the right way. It's, it's really like the art of this is in how we put it to practice. So let's, let's talk about that for okay. just a second. So <clears throat> the biggest challenge here is each of us, you, me, anybody who's listening, we all know these things informally to be true. They're inside here somewhere, right? They're mm-hmm. inside here somewhere. And the challenge is to get them out and to be intentional with that team member the right way. So here's like if I was to start, if you were to say, that's all great, I get it, and I should be doing more of that now, what do I do about it? Okay, so this is this is what I've done and this is what I would recommend doing. Make it very personal to you, and I just want you to create a one pager. Mm-hmm. So here's how I want this to go. Take that role that you're talking about, and in my case, marketing director, this is what I did. So I had, a, I had a piece of paper and I just said, look, if I was in this role, right? So it's a me thing. It's not, it's a, if I was in that role, right? Like, let me put myself in that seat. What would, what does excellence look like? Let me break down my role mm-hmm. with excellence. What are the main three to five things? I'm writing it down as if I was going to be doing it, right? There's, some, there's something when it's very personal like that. It makes it easy for me to say, well, here's what I would do. Because like I said, I've been that role before, and I can draw from my experience. I can draw from when I was the quarterback, and I can say, look, based on my experience, these are the top three to five things, right? It, it, when you can connect it to you and the work you've done before, it's really powerful. Mm. So I, I do that. Like I'm, I'm creating a one-pager, and I'm going to do something with this one-pager. But I just start with the role itself, and I say, if I were in this role, this is what I would do. Then when I get to the outcomes, I'd say, if I was in this role, what outcomes am I shooting for? Right now, the way I work is first I understand what is budget, what are our goals, what are our baseline goals, and then what I actually shoot for is something that's way above that. Mm-hmm. Right, like I'm never just creating a plan just to hit the budget. Yeah, like if that's what you're doing, you're almost guaranteed not to hit it. Right, so really, I mean, the outcome, like there's my budget goals, and then there's like what's going to make me happy. Yeah, you got to have that you know? padding in there. Yeah, yeah. And even just like I don't know, it's there's the padding, and that's the that's the that's the smarts side of it. But part of it is just like, well, if 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 our budget was what I thought was humanly possible, that was the wrong budget to begin with. What I'm shooting for though is like, if I was to maximize my capacity yeah. and contribution, what is possible? It's just here? that swinging for the fences, yeah, the like, bee hack. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh huh. The hail mary. You know, even when we're not in hail mary season, like let me see what we can do. You know, and when I think about outcomes, I have both of those things. Okay. So if I was in this role, what I'd be say what I'd be saying is, well, the budget outcomes are this on leads, but man, what I'm shooting for, this is like the kind of thing where people are like, how did we pull that off? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. those kind of results. And then on the approach, it's okay. If I was in this role, what approach would I take? Like, how would I how would I approach the lead volume, the messaging and positioning, mm-hmm. the how I lead the team? And some of this is just a little bit more free flow, just kind of like from my experience, this is what I've found to work really, really well. Mm. And what this becomes is the story you tell that team member. Gotcha. Right? So, um, you know, if you can't get it out, if you can't communicate it, even if you know it all in your head, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not worth anything. Right? So the the value here is in then having a follow up with your, with your team member and ideally, if they're new in the role, but even if they're not, even if they've been in that role for a long time, maybe this is the first time you're having that conversation. You sit them down and you just say, hey, I know you've been doing this role for a long time. And I know you and I are almost on the same page on mm-hmm. what this role consists of. 
But I just took some time to write some stuff down, and I just want to share it with you, right? And so you just tell that story, right? You, you kind of read through that one pager, and, you know, it, sometimes it's like the team member's like, that's great clarity, you know? Sometimes it's like, oh, mm. hmm, well, I'm definitely not doing that, like, you know? We would have lost the interrogation <laughs> test. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And, you know, and, and usually, uh, I mean, again, like team members, they can often feel like they're, like, not doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, it's more... It's more of a leadership fail than it yeah, is. Yeah, it's on it's on the fail. leader at this point if they haven't communicated. Right. No that, shame, right? yeah. but still, uh-huh. it's like if we're being honest here, like it's, yeah. that's much more on me than it is on them. Mm. So uh, that conversation is is great. I mean, the clarity yeah. it produces can uh, can really like I try to think about what kind of conversations can you have where with one conversation you can impact hundreds or thousands of hours yeah. of work. And this is one of those. Oh, that's great. Because right? if you can align with a team member and all that stuff, and they are clear in the trenches day in, day out, they are making decisions off of the same you know, song sheet that you're singing off of. And that is a beautiful thing. Mm. What a great framework. Um, you know, I, I think this is, if, if you're delegating at any point in time, you know, this, this is an incredible model. But I want to think about in the midst of kind of chaos and disruption, and uh, I got a question from one of our listeners. They sent me this about delegation. And I'm going to read the question, and I'm going to take a stab at answering based on your framework what I think, and then I want you to tell me if you think it's right or not. So they said, what kind of opportunities do you provide for leaders to show up and shine during this season? This season referring to lots of disruption, uh, coronavirus shutdown, and I don't know their specific business. Uh, but they're they're kind of asking like, is this a time to see if delegation is really going to work? And you know, the thought I have is your three things of the role, the outcomes, and the approach they still apply today. But you may do a couple things different. You might have a, a thirty day or a sixty day uh, role. You know, your normal role when everything's normal is this over here. We've done that work. But for right now, I'm looking at you, Herb, going for the next sixty days. I need your role to be. You know, you're in charge of these things. Here's the outcomes that we'd be looking at and my approach. You could still do that same exercise for a shorter, you know, in this season of chaos kind of time period. And I think we probably should increase the frequency that we're checking in on that. So if we're normally checking in maybe once a week on your your KRA or your key results areas, you know, it may be daily or a couple times a day right now because the the cycle of change in the marketplace and, you know, we're all kind of trying to figure out all hands on deck and what that looks like. So you think that that model still applies as long as you can kind of define the timeline and then the frequency for communication. Yeah, I do. And, you know, so what, if you're, if you're wanting to see, I mean, it it could be a time for a team member to shine. I think you use, you know, there's, there's kind of pre-corona and there's like the, the role and the outcomes kind of then that's a great reference point. And, you know, I would still do that as a, as a reference point, but let's say in this current season, of the five things you would normally have that person do, mm. you know, two of them don't make as much sense right now, and you've got two other things that if they picked those up, they could really shine, and you could really help stabilize the business. It, I mean, how much value would it be for them to say, hey, these three things that you've been doing, I need you to keep doing those. Mm-hmm. But these two, don't worry about them for the next 60 days. I want you to focus on these two new things instead. And here's what those things are, yeah. and you know, here's the outcomes I expect of them. And if I was in that seat, here's how I would approach doing that work. Like if you gave them that kind of clarity in this moment right now, you're positioning them to win over the next 60 days in a way that most people never get the opportunity to experience. Yeah, that's really good. 
you know, I can't help but think about right now, there are businesses who they're totally shut down and they've had to furlough their team. I think about doing these types of exercises and oftentimes I can never find time to get to them. You know, it's just, I'm, I'm running meeting to meeting. I'm going crazy running the business. And while I intellectually can understand, well, yeah, this is, this is worth doing. And like you said, will save me thousands of hours over here for whatever reason, like these things go to the bottom of my list. And if you're in that unfortunate situation right now where you're going, hey, we're shut down and we're going to have to rebuild, as painful as, as that is, it, it still creates a, an opportunity of you've got some time on your hands to kind of spend the time to draft these, these KRAs, these, uh, you know, what do I want the, all the idea? When I'm rebuilding, how do I want all these roles to function right. and have the documentation ready so that you can bring people back online in 30 or 60 days and maybe have a reset and lead off with these conversations? Right. Yep, yeah, you're absolutely right there. And, you know, it's as, and you know this better than anybody, it's it's not about creating a bunch of documents for document's sake, mm-hmm. right? It's about when day one of rebuilding starts. Do you want to be scrambling, figuring it out as you go, mm-hmm. just kind of best guessing on the fly and hoping it all works? Or do you want to be buttoned up and confident and saying, if you can do this and you can do that and I keep doing this, we're going to get through this thing together? I mean, that's where we all want to be, right? And this kind of process and using this time now as an opportunity to get ahead of that day one of rebuilding, right? If you're caught flat-footed on day one of rebuilding, you have squandered an opportunity, Mm. right? Like capitalize on it now and it'll pay off then. Really good. Herb, this has been super valuable. I appreciate your your heart and your mind on really just empowering, you know, all of our leaders. I'm inspired. I know know our audience will be as well. Um, but you just have such a way of taking this this vague concept of delegation and actually breaking it down into the bite-sized pieces that I can say, all right, this is what I'm actually going for here. So Thanks. it really means a lot. Appreciate it. Well, guys, I know it's been a tough season. If you're listening to this, we've been coming to you almost daily, trying to encourage you guys, uh, trying to give you some nuggets of wisdom from our leaders here at Ramsey. And uh, today is no exception to that. I hope you're tuning in. I hope you're taking notes. And I hope you're doing some of this stuff because what I know is the leaders that are proactive right now in this season, not only on being adaptive in their business, but also growing themselves and transforming their own leadership. Those are the leaders that are going to emerge victorious. Those are the leaders that are going to make it through to the other side. And so I know if you're listening to this, that's the kind of person you are because you're putting good positive stuff in your mind. I hope this podcast is that for you. I hope you're doing that with not only Entree Leadership, but all the great podcasts and resources that are out there for you guys. If there's anything that Entree Leadership and our team can do right now to help you, uh, don't hesitate to give us a call. Our coaches are doing free quick coaching sessions right now. If you're stuck, if you're scared, if you just need to raise your hand and get a second opinion on something, uh, give us a buzz. We'll be glad to help. And uh, we want to be a resource. We want to be here to continue to blow wind into your sales. And so keep adapting, keep growing, keep fighting. And together, we're all going to get through to the other side. And we'll see you again very soon.